Let's drone out. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Drone Out. Let's drone out. What he said. Right, hello and welcome to Let's Drone Out. Tonight we're joined by Andrew slash Frank. Hello. Uh, who's next? Uh, Andy RC. Good evening, everyone. Oh, our good friend, Final Glide Oz, or Chad Nowak. Hello. We're joined by my little Tony. Ooh, boo, best friends now, curry kitten. He's <laughs> not in the mood today, by the way, guys. I've got it in Facebook. He's not in the mood. Do not take the piss out of Tony. Thank God I managed to single on Tundra the uh, title for tonight's show, so Tony doesn't understand it. So it was able to fly under the Tony radar. And... I think it's just your dyslexia and spelling. Why was it spelt incorrectly? I think it might be. Prank, is it spelt wrong? Don't know, I haven't looked at it. I asked you. <laughs> I asked you for spellings. Looks and, okay for me. And my number one favourite person, my Tony replacement, Curry Kid. <laughs> Hello. No hard feelings, Tony. I'm number one. Ooh, A Tony replacement would be no good, though, because you'd have to hate him, really, yes, wouldn't you? I don't actually hate Tony. Oh, best friend. Shut up, Tony. <laughs> okay. He's not in the mood. So how's Joker treating you, Tone? Better than you ever did. Oh, why is he fixing all your stuff and everything? Yeah, don't need you anymore. You're at the back of the queue. So... Andrew already got weird. It's already got weird. Just saying. Uh, it's, it's it's starting to sound um, extremely British. Cup of tea. <laughs> oh my god, Frank! Do you want to set us off? <laughs> Why are you wearing a polo shirt, Frank? It's not a polo shirt. It's, it's not a, a polo shirt. shirt. Why are you wearing a shirt? Because I go this, to work sometimes. This is let's drone out. You can't look that smart. Do you have to dress posh to go to work? Well, I don't have to, but... It's oh, you like to just set an example for the others. Yeah, exactly. There is so much body shaming that goes on in this show. <laughs> I just... Uh... Hey, we've got an old host in the show, man. Come on. Clint, Clint's here. In the chat? Yeah, man. Hey, Clint, how you doing, man? I try and message you now and again, you just ignore me. Have I yeah. upset you? Probably best. And a quick shout out to the chat group to say hi. That's easier than just typing hi a million times to all the people that have individually said hi to me. Indeed it is. Because I'm lazy. What were we arguing about before the show started? Oh, yeah, me convincing uh, the world that Andy works for Fat Shark. Yeah, well, somebody it's, has it's, already said in the comments. No, but it's, it's fired. It's, turns out it doesn't work for Fat Shark. It works for Amway. We just had it just a little bit off. But Fat, I... Sh- but Fat Shark is trying to, like, hustle him because he's such a good worker. They're trying to get him into Fat Shark. Um, I remember uh, last yeah. time I spoke, I spoke to Greg and he was actually talking about Andy RC. I actually gave you a good rap. So um, if you get a decent wage, it's partly because of me. So just oh, Final guide. Oh. Now that Chad's in on it, I have no chance of getting rid of this. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Can I just start? Okay. Why, <laughs> why is it okay to body shame sharks? Let's talk about that. 
That's going to take a while for that to sink in. <laughs> yeah, it's gone over my head. Body shame, body shame in sharks. I don't think it's okay. Oh, right. God, he's so woke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. If that was anything other than sharks... Have we ever asked anyone from Fat Shark why they're called Fat Shark? Is I'm that... standing up for the sharks, the shark community. Do I message Grant now? I've already asked Greg that question. What's the answer? Because it was just an unusual name. It was the first thing that he came up with, and it sounded cool. It does sound cool. It does. There's no, there's no real um, specific meaning behind it. He was, yeah, if you've met Greg uh, and know him well, then it kind of like suits his personality. It was kind of like, oh, we need a company. What are we going to call it? Mm, fat Shark. That, that's cool. It should begin with a P, though, the fat. Um, this is the social justice warrior in me. <laughs> Standing up for Shark. See, see, this is why Fat Shark wants to hire you, because you're, you, you're, you can be like their media marketing manager and, and so forth, because you know what's hip. You, you know what the kids want. There you go. You should, you, should you put a Z at the end as well, Andy? Should it be Fat Sharks? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and some gang signs. <laughs> yeah. what, what's, the, what's the Brighton one? It was... <laughs> I don't know whether that actually came out. No, it didn't. See if you can do it again. You need to hum while doing it, Jack. What does that even say? Blood. <laughs> I think uh, I think Grant does a great job, anyways, of the the marketing and stuff over there. So I'm not needed. What, Jack? Final Glide Oz, what's it like now that you've like left the the wing of Rotor Riot? Are you are you having fun? Are you enjoying being persecuted by the uh, Australians? Are you on the run? Is that why you're in America again? Uh, all of the above. Uh, my life is always interesting, scary, uh, annoying at various points in time. Um. um I, I guess if I could answer that in a serious manner, it's in a way it's good to come down off the pedestal and get back to reality. So I had about two years of just complete crazy traveling, which kind of looked like it was all like the, the coolest thing on the earth and that sort of stuff. And if you only watch the videos and take everything into, uh, into account there, that life was grand and all that sort of stuff. And I had some amazing adventures and I wouldn't change it for the world, but, um, uh, as if anyone's actually lived that kind of lifestyle, I, I, I know when I speak to people like that, they go, yeah, you can only live that kind of lifestyle for so long before you go a little stir crazy uh, and you have to get back to reality, especially considering the fact that I wasn't making money. I was like, I was literally just scraping by uh, trying to get making ends meet. Uh, and um, yeah, I, it, it was kind of like my, um, uh, my midlife crisis where I'm like, yeah, off I go. And, and I'm just going to throw everything up and up in the air and just go and, and find myself. And I guess I found myself doing that. And I learned a lot about myself and learned about a lot about life. Um, and um, yeah, things have certainly sort of calmed down for me. And I'm sort of like plowing a, a new chapter in my life in, in different directions. So um it's one of those things. Everything in life, uh, I'm not going to say happens for a reason, but when whatever happens in your life, good or bad, 
you always get some good out of it, you get some bad out of it, and you learn from something. So everything that happens um, allows you to grow as a person. So I could sit there and bitch about the bad times, but there was also good times as well, uh, and um, all that sort of stuff needs to be taken into account. And, um, yeah, so uh, I'm more of a whole person. I understand myself better, and um, um, and I'm sort of moving on with my life. But that said, I, I still work with the Rotorite guys. Like me and Tommy are... Uh, uh, still amazing mates and um, managed to bury the hatchet with steel and uh, and we still chat often, lots of stuff. And um, Carlos is a real busy guy, so I don't speak to him that often. But when I come over to L.A., I, I try to uh, catch up with him. Uh, so so the OG crew of um, of Rotorite still still get along with those guys, particularly like Carlos and, and, um, Carlos and Tommy got – utmost amount of respect for those guys and there's like this and that when i say oh i left right right people must think oh well it, it, you guys must want to punch each other up once sort of stuff it's not that it's more the case that um right right went in a direction that i didn't necessarily agree with and didn't feel that i was a part of so you go in your own different direction and um that doesn't mean that i'm never going to work with them again so i've been on the right right show uh, recently on my last trip I was here and I reached out to Capra and said, hey, I'm going to be in town. Do you want to do some filming? And we found, found an idea for some filming that, that we could do that would benefit us both. Uh, and so I'm sure in uh, in the future I'll be on Rotorite again if the opportunity uh, presents itself. So, yeah, it's. I think a lot of people put a lot more um, um, uh, sort of like hype on the situation than there just is because anyone who's in the spotlight – Everyone goes all nuts and wants to get all excited about something, and unfortunately, the truth is a lot more boring than uh, the than the uh, than the fantasy that a lot of people play out. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it kind of, it kind of seems like Rotoria is less about members now and more about uh, sort of like the content because like we see Josh in quite a lot of videos and uh, yourself, where you, you did the, the was it the reverb build that you did recent, fairly recently? Yeah, I, I yeah. watched that one; that was cool. So, and and Zoe, I noticed has been on there as well. So, I, I think I think perhaps that's a better way of you know just throwing it out to the community more rather than saying these are the set members, and then it just allows anyone to, to sort of you know shine in an episode. Perhaps is that the well, direction they're going? Um, well, I don't know because I'm not involved in their team meetings and so forth. Like I, I don't get involved in that at all. So I'm completely separate. So I'm about as part of Rotor Ride as you guys are these days, except that I've just, I just know the guys a bit more personally than, than, than most other people. Um, so I couldn't tell you exactly what. The, the best way that you could uh, get that answered is to put that on the Rotor Ride uh, social media groups and ask them directly. Um, and at the end of the day, Kappa's got to go in a direction that's going to make his business money. So he found a group of pilots that worked well together, that had a bit of pizzazz and worked well on screen and so forth. And um, when those pilots sort of segmented, I think he lost that. So he's looking for the, the next thing that works. And maybe that's community. And uh, you raise a good point that it's more about the community rather than the pilots on there. And Rotorite's always been a community-based thing, so it kind of makes kind of makes sense but i mean if he's got a group of pilots which aren't getting the um uh the um the fav- as favorable return as what they were previously then okay go for the community aspect i'm not saying that's what they did but i mean that's the reality of it uh, at the end of the day he's a business he's got to make money and he's got to do what he's got to do to get the best following 
from the community. And, um, yeah, it looks like that, that's the direction they're going. You're right. You're right, Andrew. My purpose in life is meaningless now. It's added layers to my depression now. That's it. I am as much good as that shell that Andy RC originally got. Oh, Jesus, not this again. I mean, but replacing... Put some context on this, because this is completely out of the blue for anyone that wasn't following the chat. <laughs> um... They should follow the chat. Yeah, but they can't if they're listening to the podcast. I'm not following the chat, so I don't know what's happening either. Uh, Jack and Joker uh, were arguing about being Tony's best friend. Um, <laughs> I call Joker a friend stealer. What about me? I thought I was Tony's best friend. That's the funny thing is, you are my best friend and that they're not. Who spoke to Tony last on the phone out of the lot of us? Me. Uh, Andy, actually. Me. Oh, I see. What's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, Andy? <laughs> right, that's, that's it. He's gone. Jack's gone. Okay. I want to, one thing I want to ask Chad about is so, so, so talking about sort Show of. Show us your dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask a serious question. I wanted to ask about the, um, the reverb because anywhere i go meet up with anyone just everyone's got the reverb so that must have been a, a good success for you and, and and is that sort of the direction that you're looking at in sort of like developing frames and, and products and stuff so andy rc now works for reverb <laughs> it's um you really uh, need the wheel on that uh, andy rc now works for impulse rc customer support he's going to take over william's position um and get a pay rise <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be awesome, actually. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess to, to answer your question, the reverb, um, I guess, has been a success. I, I, I guess that what you what you define as a success is down to the individual person, but I would certainly consider it a, it a success. It's been. Um, uh, I was asked um, a year, a year and a half ago by. Chad Kappa, um, you should design a new frame. What would you do different on the Alien? And my 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 response backward then was nothing. I love everything about it. And as our flying styles and design processes and electronics slowly moved on, that whole mindset of mine changed from there's nothing I'd change to, oh, I, I tweaked this or I tweaked that. And it started off as a let's make an Alien 2. And the quicker I, the, the more I looked at it, the more I realized I'm changing so much stuff that it's kind of like um, getting a car and taking all the panels off down to the bare uh, chassis and then, then changing the chassis. You go, why don't you just start from scratch because you don't have as many limitations. It means that it won't be as, um, as interchangeable with the alien, but it, it never will be with the with direction we're going. So I started off with that because I'm like, okay, I really want to do it. This is, I really love the whole DNA of the alien and so forth, uh, and I, but I want to make improvements for modern day uh, quads that the alien didn't really bring, uh, and I also wanted to address things of um, if you don't listen to the customer base about what they really want and what they define as important, then um, you're going to lose out as a company. And one of them was price. 
where rightly or wrongly, uh, the, 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 your, the, the customer base of FPV have defined, this is what we consider a realistic area um, for high-end frames. And then you've got the guys who likes the clones and they'll go, this is what we want down here. And I, so I said to Sean, this is what I'm hoping to achieve. But at the same time, one of the big focuses is I want to get the price down. Uh, and this was going like early 2017 when I first started talking to Sean about this. And I said, I want to get the price down. And um, if it means that we cut our profit margins to enable that, then so be it. Because the whole idea was if we can bring the price down, you'll hopefully sell more. Therefore, your profit will end, your actual profit will kind of be the same. Uh, so we spent a lot of time on bringing that price down with the idea that, okay, we can't compete with the clones, so there's no point in trying to compete with the clones. But what you can do is you can get a premium price frame and bring the price down far enough that you might get a small group of those clone lovers to go, well, a little bit more and I can get a premium frame. So that way you keep the premium customers happy while saying, that wow, well, we're getting a better price, making them even happier, and you get a couple of the, the guys that would normally buy a clone and put them in there. So that's kind of what we worked out. And uh, looking at the whole design philosophy uh, going through this and what we're hoping to achieve, I think it's a huge success. Um, it's, um, it's doing a good job of supporting me financially, uh, and uh, I've always been one that I've been very big on pilots being open about how they make money. It's like, you guys should buy this flight controller because it's the best and you don't even know it, but behind, the, behind your, their back, your back, they're, they're getting paid 10 cents for every board uh, and all of a sudden they go to a different flight controller because they've, the, they've found a flight controller that they get a bigger profit margin. And I know... I know pilots, like I don't want to name names, but I know pilots that have asked certain companies, I want to get paid money to support your frame. And these, these companies have said, sorry, we don't do that. And then two weeks later they've gone to a different frame company because they offered them money and then publicly go out and talk about, oh, we've gone to this new frame. And the frame that, we, that, I, that I left um, was designed badly. So that's why I've gone to this new frame. When you know in the background it's all because now they're getting money on this side. So I hate that shit. So um, yes, I'm I'm making money on the reverb frame, and it's it's a reasonable amount. But um, I still haven't. When I calculate my time to develop that frame, I still haven't received the amount of money in hours that I put into designing it, not getting paid. I still haven't even made that back. Yeah, it's probably going. It's going to take well over a year before I get the money back that I put into that. Now you could argue, well, I did it in my spare time and so forth. And yeah, but time is money, uh, and that's the way you have to look at this kind of thing when you're doing this as a business. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm certainly making money in that area, and uh, it is. Um, I would definitely consider it successful. Uh, I always thought it was going to be successful because I thought we first of all. We've got a good product, something that I'm truly proud of at a price point that the customers will like. But I also knew, okay, it's got my name on it combined with Impulse RC, which are two brands which um, uh, are quite well respected within the industry, uh, especially Impulse RC because Impulse RC is not known as one of those hype companies. Now, if you think about all of these companies out here that make frames, um, noise. and uh, and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names of companies because like I don't want to be looking like I'm picking someone out. But if you think about all these companies that make frames, think about how many different frames they've made. Like 
10, 15, 20 different designs since they've been in business. Yeah. They just keep on coming out with frames. Now, here, here's an interesting fact that I think a lot of people forget. Impulse RC have made four frames total. Their first frame was the warp quad, which wasn't even FPV. They don't even sell that anymore. So if you only include FPV frames, there's the Alien, the Helix, and the Reverb. And they're one of the biggest companies and most respected companies out there after only making three frames. And this is one of the, re- one of the reasons why I wanted to work with Impulse is because they're not out there with chucking stuff out there. They make stuff and it sells and it continues to sell be- and the product speaks for itself. Chad, so, sorry, sorry to interrupt. We've got, uh, I think we've got a noise on the stream, have we, guys? Can you yeah. all confirm? We've got like a, I think we've got a whine coming from my voice. It's, it's not my voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. Let's have a look. I think that's. I think it's. I think it's gone. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, Chad. Yeah. I think. I think it has been a success. Just because, as I say, anywhere I go, every everyone's got a reverb. And as you say, it. Uh, I think the aliens' price was was always sort of the issue. So I think it has been a success in, in that sense that it's brought the price down and it's sort of updated and it's a little bit lighter as well, isn't it? I think than the than the original. Oh, we've lost up Chad's audio, I think. It was Chad's squeaking. Okay, okay oh, is that better? We got yeah. you, yeah. That's better. Okay, I yeah. Thought, I thought it was the paper shredder. <laughs> it sounded like that, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with how it went. And um, it, it, I mean, whether it's a success or not, um, financially, regardless, I, I'm, just, I'm just happy to see out there people enjoying it and, and um and being happy with a product that I was very deeply involved with. So it's kind of like that satisfying thing. And uh that's the big thing for me. I this is why I'll never be rich because I never do things for business reasons and financial reasons. I do it because I'm passionate about it. So I helped Zong to to create the V1S line of props because I was sick and tired of the crappy props that we had out there. Um and I've made very little money. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, and, but the V1S prop is probably arguably one, the whole range is probably arguably the, the most um, um, uh, most popular prop out there. Um, I've uh, I've spent a lot of time developing um, stuff with uh, Flyduino uh, for the Kiss stuff with Felix because I'm passionate about it. I've never been paid a cent. I've actually knocked back money of offers for them to pay me money. Um, and what I've received is a little bit of electronics, which when you look at the cost price of those electronics is loose change. Um, and uh, I've worked with Immersion RC and developed the Vortex 230 Mojo, which, I mean, it wasn't really a success in terms of sales, but I think that was more of an advertising thing. But anyone who flies that will agree that it's easily one of the best ready-to-fly quads out there. And then there's the uh, reverb, and I had a hand in working with the guys with the Alien as well. So The uh, amount of people that – sorry, you know, the amount of people with the Mojo who, like, have problems with it, though, like, it freaks out. Have you not – Have you I've not, not, I've not heard that. Hasn't no, Corey Kidd no, got one? I've got I haven't one. heard that. I've got one. And not to be a fanboy, I'm using Chad's – Profile, which I really like, actually. That's right. That was really smooth. Oh, was it the mojito? Woo, new best friend. Oh, Jack, <laughs> are you are you giving us fake news, Jack? Yeah, fake news, Jack. <laughs> I know. He's, he's trolling again. Um, but to, sorry, I'll shut my mouth. 
Uh, and this has been a very long answer to a pretty simple question, so I apologize for that. That's fine. Um, it's interesting. But to to answer your question about like where where I'm going next on that sort of stuff and getting yeah. into products and stuff, I, I'll be very clear that my direction is not within the hobbyist side of things. I'm still working in there, uh, and I will still do things in there. But um, a lot of this, uh, um, most of the work that I, I get. I got a Patreon group of people which look after, which sort of pay me a, a small amount of money, which I'm very thankful for, which helps to sort of pay for the stuff that I buy. Um, but certainly, in terms of being a pilot and um, and doing a good job of living off this, uh, it's very hard to do. Uh, period. But it's, in my opinion, it's very hard to do while keeping the moral set that I have. Uh, I'm not someone to stick my name on everything and go, hey, this is the best thing, you should buy it. Uh, I don't want to name names, but I see a lot of pilots doing that. Uh, and um, that's not me. If that's them, that's great. But I want to be extremely passionate about the products that I bring out uh, and I don't want to push it like a hooker. Uh, it's just That's just not me. Uh, a, the good product will sell itself and in my mind, in the last 15 months, technology has not, uh, like, in the last tech, uh, it, it maybe in the last two years, everything has plateaued. So unless yeah. I can bring out something that's just genuinely a step above, I just don't see the point. What I'm seeing is a lot of, um, like, we went through that hype craze where everyone was bringing out something and hyping it up, and everyone was getting super excited about it, and then two months later, everyone was over it. And now you see everyone's pissed off at a new product because they're going, they're calling everything hype because they're so jaded and burned by all the hype products that have come out that uh, that they're really annoyed and pissed off with it. Um, and here's the problem as a developer of products. So let's say I go and work with Company X to bring out a new flight controller or a new motor or something like that. What's going to happen with me and the, and the company is they're going to develop it. Um, I'm not going to have any put any of my money in it, but what's going to happen is I'm going to get a percentage of the sales. That's how it's going to work. So if it sells good, I'm going to get money. Uh, if it sells bad, I'm not going to get much money. And if it people lose interest over it fairly quickly, it's going to be this quick little bump and then you're not going to get any more money out of it. Now, to develop a product is going to co- uh, take X amount of time. Uh, and the problem here is let's say I develop a motor. Um, I don't know how I develop a motor because all the motors out there at the moment are the fucking same. Uh, there's no big performance increase. You've just got ones that have got like different power curves and different winds. So there's different motors suited to different flying techniques and styles and so forth. But there is no better motor out there. Um, and so let's say I develop a, 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 um, a new motor that's got some new kind of magnet and gives 5% more performance. Awesome. I go and do this and then... A month later, China or a competing company or whatever gets those same magnets, they put it in there, they make exactly the same motor as me, but they draw flames on the bell. <laughs> what, and you see this happen all the time. What invariably happens is they create all this bullshit hype and then the original motor all of a sudden is no longer interesting and people want the one that motor because it's got flames on it. And the six months' worth of work that you put into there is over within a month. Yeah, and you can only do that like you can only do that so many times before you go. How many times do I want to punch my uh, punch a brick wall before I start saying that hurts? I don't want to do that anymore. So um, 
then you've got all these companies now that are, are not willing to put a lot of R&D in it because what's the point? Because it just gets killed by something else or the Chinese cloners. So they go, we're not going to put R&D in it. So then they just, they just they, they sugarcoat old shit to make it look new, which is, like I've said, I'm not interested in. Uh, and you kind of like at the point where you... Are talking about Black Bells again? <laughs> I, it, it, it's just one of those areas where unless you're, and I don't want to say this because I get copped a lot of flack from people when I say this, unless you're willing to sell out and dance for the monkey, uh, it's very hard to make a living in here in this, in, in this hobby making new products, especially considering, like I've said, our technology is plateaued and to get something new and very different is almost impossible. We really have to, like, you have to reinvent the three-phase motor to get something different um, than what we've got. Uh, that's just what the way physics are. It's, I'm not saying things don't in, uh, are not increasing, but the in increase in technology is incremental where the price is exponentially more. Do you, do you know what totally does me? is like when they remove the bottom of the motor and then sell you plastic bits to put it back on. <laughs> that really annoys me. Yeah. Um, then... But, I mean, what, what that's doing is that's catering, catering to people who are picky about certain things, and if that works, then great. But it's not increasing performance. Yeah. Uh, and like people go, well, what it did was it, it lost one, uh, one gram per motor. So now it's four grams lighter. And these are the same people, these are the same people that can, that, uh, um, are, are also stating that they can feel that one gram on each motor, which is total bullshit. But then they just go, Hey, guess what? Six S is a new hype. It's only 30 grams heavier for the battery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, who's yeah. Actually, anyone here actually hit that hype train yet? I haven't. I I, haven't I, I did a live feed and I got lots of all the success fanboys. Um, I got a lot of I got a lot of hate for it. I just like oh, I can't fucking deal with this. So I just I turned it to be unlisted again. But here is the facts, and you don't need to go out and fly this to know this. The, all you need to know is understand maths. Okay, so that's me and Jack out. <laughs> I'm good at maths. From, oh. from, from a physics point, basic physics point of view, is success better? Yes, it is. It is, but only by a couple of percent, okay? It is an improvement, but it's only a small improvement. Uh, you can do the numbers. It's right there. What limits you, uh, there are a number of things that can limit you. One is price, which I won't go into right now, but what limits you is... Um, as you like, as you increase the voltage, uh, but keep the watt hours the same, and 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 keep the um, the KV the same, everything else being equal, and that's important. I'm going to touch on that later on. What you end up is you in, you get an increase on torque, and you get an increase in efficiency. There's there's a reason why uh, your mains voltage is the voltage that it is. There, there's just a reason for a lot of these things and why the voltage changes. It, it gets complicated. But if you look at the numbers, you go higher in voltage, the efficiency is better. The problem then is what happens is, and this is one of the many variables, is that as you increase the cell count, um, the packaging becomes more. So the, you've got more cells and more packaging and so forth. And 
Uh, people go, oh, yeah, but if you get a 6S, the battery's heavier. I'm talking if you keep everything, everything consistent, like watt-hours. I don't care about milliamp-hours. When you're changing the voltage, you need to talk about watt-hours. If you keep the watt-hours the same, what happens is the packaging becomes more and more and more, and there becomes a point in time where the extra weight outweighs the extra efficiency, of, of which the efficiency is only a couple of percent. And then it comes to a point where it's kind of like putting a, a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger battery, capacity battery on there. You get longer flight times and it gets so heavy that the motors have to work so hard that your flight time drops off. Now, where that point is in voltage, we don't know. Now, for like the big 600, 700 size helicopters, that's about 14S. And these guys have already gone through this. They started off the electric, electric helicopter craze at 3S and they're at 14S. Where that is for us, um, I don't know. We, we need to test that out. But going higher in voltage is more efficient. But you know, can, the, my, here's, here's my biggest problems with it and one of the reasons why I think it hasn't taken off. First of all, there's not as much um, choice out there for uh, battery uh, voltages at that level for different pack sizes and motor KVs. That's changing. But here's the biggest problem, price. When a battery is going to cost more than a 4S battery, the, our, the hobbyists here, we're all a bunch of tight asses. We don't like paying money. So if you've got 20 packs of 4Ss and then they go, hey, you get, let's join on the 6S hype, hype craze, all you've got to do is get rid of your 4S batteries and get 26S batteries, which, I'm by the way, are going to cost more. Yeah, and so there's a lot of limitations in there. I'm not saying it's not doable, but a lot of people have been hesitant, and I think that's the reason why. The other reason why is I don't think people truly understand the benefits and how to get it, how to, how to change, how to how to change across where you're comparing apples with apples. And this is where I think a lot of these tests, like Joshua Bardwell did a test recently, Steele did a test recently, but they were loaded tests. Reason being is they weren't comparing apples with apples. So if you um, if if you want to compare. 4S with 6S, then you have to compare the motor in the same state and you have to compare the battery in the same state. So the motor needs to be spinning at the same RPM. So forget about KV, you want to have it spinning. So higher voltage it's, for the same KV, it's going to spin higher. So you want to bring the KV of the motor down so that at the higher voltage it's going to spin at the same, the same RPM. And that's calculatable, very easily calculatable. On top of that, when you're changing voltages, you can't look at the capacity of the battery anymore in terms of milliamp hours. You have to look at it in watt hours. So you need to calculate the watt hours of your 4S battery and then use the same watt hour battery for your 6S battery. So if you are bringing the KV of the motor down so it's the same RPM and you're uh, changing your battery to a 6S with the same watt hours, then and only then are you comparing apples with apples. Now, I, on my live feed, I did a quick calculation, and from memory, if you're running, um, and I'm sorry if I'm getting, getting this a little bit wrong, but from memory, if you're running a 4S 1300 milliamp hour battery with a 2400 kV motor, then a 6S equivalent will be an 850 milliamp hour 6S pack with a um, with a fifteen hundred and fifty kV motor, that is like for like both things with the same capacity um, and the same RPM. The problem is that what these pilots, what like the Joshua Bodwell test um, and um, and the steel test was, they used a higher kV motor, so they were saying, "Oh, it feels more 
it feels more thrusty and floaty. Well, of course it is because it's the same as going from a 2400 kV 4S setup to a 2600 kV setup. So that's where you get the, that floatier feeling from. And, oh, look, I'm getting an extra, a minute extra flight time. Of course, because you almost added a third extra um, of watt hour capacity to your battery because you're using 1100 milliamp hours instead of an, an 850 or 900 milliamp hour battery. So that's why when you see these tests, they're saying, oh, it feels floatier because, yeah, because you're, you're not using the same RPM. You're using a higher RPM. So it's geared differently uh, and it's flying longer because you're using a bigger capacity battery. And that also shows because um, you're now 30 or 40 grams heavier than what you used to be. Now, if that works for the person who's flying it and they, they prefer that, then great. I'm not going to argue with that, but that's not comparing apples with apples. And like I said before, we're coming in from a community where people were bitching about two grams weight difference in motors and now 30 to 40 grams difference in a battery doesn't matter. Isn't it better for racing anyway more than freestyle? Because I know some people are using it for freestyle and saying, oh, it's great and all that lot. I mean, well, I, haven't, I haven't jumped on the hype train and I don't think a lot of people are because the batteries are sitting way a lot and, and but cost it's, a lot. It's, it's not just down to racing. Efficiency is efficiency. Whether you're driving a car on the road or driving a car on a racetrack, getting better, better fuel efficiency is going to be mean good things for you. So it doesn't matter whether it's freestyle or racing. Efficiency is efficiency. And... Um, regardless of what people are doing with their speed stuff, the, the reason for going to 6S is because of efficiency at the end of the day. That's why, that's why we do it. Unfortunately, yeah. like a lot of people have, have gone to 6S because they want to go faster. That's one way you can go faster, but that's not the benefits of going to a higher voltage. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, no, so, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, would, I would suggest to people, if you want to try 6S, go and try it. Um, it, uh, there is a benefit there. The benefit is not as big as what people are stating. Um, there is a big benefit if you're willing to take downsides as well, one of them being extra weight if you're willing to uh, carry a bigger battery. But, I mean, if that was the case, why aren't you carrying a 16 or a 1700 milliamp hour 4S pack? Oh, because I don't want it to be heavy. Well, why is it different now for a 6S? Uh, yeah. the, one it, thing, the one thing I found, with, the thing that caught me out with 6S was... Um, when your battery's done, it really caught me out. Like the, the cox was falling out of the sky. And it, it's kind of, it, it, it took me back to when, when they started coming out with the, the high C4S batteries and you'd be flying and all of a sudden you, you vaulted, you know, your voltage had just hit a cliff and, and, and it'd fall out of the sky. And then I got used to that. But with 6S, um, the very first flight I did with 6S, I was like, you know, looking at my on-screen display and I think I worked out, is it? Uh, it, I was trying to work out what the voltage was when I should be landing. I think, was it 21 volts or 20 volts? I, I can't remember. But all I remember is when I got to that point, the copter just fell out of the sky before, it, you know, because it, it just caught me out. And that was the biggest problem I found with 6S, was, uh, you know, the, 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 it just hitting a cliff and the copter just falling out of the sky because I hadn't been monitoring the battery, you know, as I should have been. Mikey Dredd's got a point. He doesn't want to watch seven-minute freestyle videos. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes, three minutes is enough, and I agree with that. Who wants it, like I, trying to find a track? What lasts three minutes is hard enough, let alone seven. So I, I think that's funny, Mikey. I agree. Um, 
Chad, why don't you do like a funny video of like if you want longer flight times, like and just get a big like like tethered long bit of wire to a car battery or <laughs> something. Plug it in. <laughs> um, you know, just have it there, like hovering, like like and upload a half an hour video. Yeah. Wait, can can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear. Yeah. Okay, cool. My 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 microphone keeps on dying on me. Apologies for that. Um, um, wait, uh, just to go back and, and answer um, some points you said there, Andy, about it dropping off. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is one point where I say don't use uh, voltage, use milliamp hour consumption uh, because uh, voltage is a very um, uh, – it'll bite you because, yeah. of course, voltage, voltage changes under load uh, where milliamp hours don't. So milliamp hours is, a very, is, is the perfect way to keep an eye on your battery when things are going well, where voltage is a good way of telling you something's gone wrong when something's fucked up. That's yeah, a good way. Yeah. That's a good way of looking. Um, and also to say 6S, if done properly. So, for example, uh, what was your motor KV and battery and so forth that you were using on that? Oh, now you're asking. I think it was around about 1700 KV. And at the time, I only had. Because, and even now, like you say, get, getting the actual batteries to match is really yeah. tricky. And I think actually I was running a, a 1300, which is obviously like way oversized yeah. in comparison to, to a 4S. And it's really difficult. Like it might be different now, but at the time, I couldn't get anything below 1,000 milliamp for 6S. And, and they were all sold out. Any any shop that had them because they like you say it was the height so um, getting no, hold. I I know exactly where you're coming from. Uh, I did. I was one of the first pers- people to to successfully do success back in 2015, uh, and I had to use helicopter 3D helicopter batteries. That was the that yeah. was my only choice. Um, but here's an, interest, here's an interesting fact that a lot of people forget with success because the efficiency your amp draw will drop. Yeah. So your amp draw will actually go down, so you're not actually punishing the battery as hard. Um, so you're actually being nicer to your battery. That said, you also need to take into account if you, go, if you follow the watt hours, what you'll be doing is you're reducing the capacity of the battery. Because you reduce the capacity of the battery, you're also reducing the usable amp draw outlet C rating so forth because it's a smaller capacity battery. So there's all these things to take into account. But um, uh, with... Taking out, shrinking the size of the battery, you are actually reducing the amp draw, so it should be easier. It it might have just been a shitty battery or something like that. Oh, that probably, I think it was like a Turnergy graphene thing that I bought for like so, ten quid or something. So yeah, to, not a good um, battery. I don't. I don't talk. I do a lot of experiments with uh, uh, well-known guys, and um, uh, and. I don't talk about it much just in case I find something that sort of works out. So I'll, I'll, I'll be kind of brief on this, but uh, here's some interesting numbers. So um, don't ask me how I know this, but um, uh, 4S, uh, 1300, 2400 KV setup, regular setup. If we use that as a baseline, if we go up to 10S, uh, we the, the uh, setup when we're comparing apples with apples, um, the setup becomes 8% more efficient. So those people that are telling you I'm getting a minute's more flight time out of my 6S setup, when an 8, when an eight uh, sorry, when a 10S setup is only 8% efficient, you can do the numbers to work out how much more efficient 6S is. It's only a couple of percent. 
But here's the interesting thing. Um, could get away with running 22-gauge wires to power the ESCs because the amp drawer was so much smaller. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's where the efficiency is. And uh, I'm doing some tests in some interesting areas. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the hobby's unwillingness to change because it means putting money forward to change uh, is I will put down as a big reason why success hasn't been taken on as much as it has been because there is an improvement. No doubt about that. No question about that. It just means that you've got to spend extra money and just know that the improvement is not as big as what some people are saying because they're loading their tests. Yeah. I also think as well, you know, the components have to accept that voltage, and that's another limitation as well. Yeah. And um, one thing I found from success, and this might have just been bad components, but I was finding was getting more noise. So you're having to add capacitors that can um, accept more voltage. So I think isn't it yeah. like fifty? You need like a fifty volt capacitor to deal with the the um, yeah. voltage spikes and stuff like that. Well, there's there's other reasons for that. So for example. As you go higher up in voltage, the voltage spikes become less. So those big voltage spikes that have blown up components when we plug in yeah. our 13 for us, that actually becomes less of a problem as we increase the voltage. So that's less of an issue. The, the voltage spikes, not an issue. The, the noise um, can become more of an issue, but that comes down to the ESC manufacturers. So yeah. these ESC guys need to be able to put enough um, – caps for noise suppression and so forth on their ESCs. And realistically, um, the ESCs that are out there have got good noise suppression for 4S, but above that is not good enough. That's why they recommend that you put caps on there because yeah. they're going, okay, let's make it so it can work on KISS success. But if we're going to put good caps on there, that's going to increase the price of it. So we want to keep it down. So we're going to limit. Plus they also want it really small. They want it compact and so forth. So they're going, it's a, it, which, which one are we listening? Do, do, do we make it more expensive and extremely noise free or do we make it cheaper and, um, and cater more to the masses, which is the 4S market? Mm. So if, um, if the higher voltage becomes a thing, you will see the, the ESC designs evolve to suit that. So the noise that you're talking about on 6S is purely down to the ESCs, which are not designed to suppress that kind of noise because ESCs, at the end of the day, that's where the noise comes from. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an interesting subject. And I, I've, I've always said that I think, you know, you talk about the things like hitting a plateau. And I, I don't know whether you'll agree with this, but I think the things that need to change rather than I, I always feel like we're just messing around and, and big things that need to change are improvements to video and maybe bat, battery technology, which, of course, we have no control over. I, I think those are the limiting things, the fact that we can only have four copters in the sky and rather than, you know, using digital video and, and things like that. And I think it would take that, you know, for another hype thing to take off for, for people to yeah. get into it, I think. Uh, definitely. I think like, I'll definitely say that batteries, I, I would say, are the main limiting factor on core performance. That's They're the weak link yeah. in all of the chain. Uh, I don't see the video thing as being a big of, as big of a weak link, more of a ability to 
commercialize this within mainstream people because uh, right now it's like it's the hobbyist thing. We're, we're like the modern day uh, ham uh, radio guys. We, we like to fiddle and we like to play and so forth. Some of us like to play less, but general public just wants to switch on and go. They don't want to fiddle. Yeah. Um, so if if we could, and I don't necessarily think that digital is the answer, but I mean, yeah, sure, if we could get that, that's great. But if we could get a lot, if we could do the same thing as where you go down to, say, Flight Fest, where you've got 200 people on the flight line all flying at the same time without any issues, then uh, problem solved. I, I think the problem really comes down to the reality of the limitations of reality itself. So um, battery technology is a limitation around the world, not just for us, around the world. Uh, so if anyone's going to... Yeah, exactly. People <laughs> sort of say, um, oh, such and such, like Flight One bought out the new schizo battery. It's, it's new chemistry and it's groundbreaking. It's like, who do you think is going to come up with something new, Flight One or Tesla? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, if I'm a, banking, uh, a betting man, I'm going to go on Tesla. At, at the end of the day, the new battery technology that we come up with is not going to be lithium polymer. It's going to be something else because that technology has plateaued. It's just the same thing as like NICADs and then nickel metal hydrides. They all plateaued and then they went on the next one, which was, which was lipos. Uh, so we've got to find that. And the other problem is that when you think about it, um, what we're doing is kind of scary. So what we're doing is we're, we're um, trying to compress more and more energy into a smaller and smaller and lighter space. And what that does is turns that storage device into even more and more of a volatile um, storage device. So um, do you think that, like, we would just carry petrol around in our pockets all the time like we do with our batteries? No, we don't. We're like, that shit might catch on fire. Uh, and um, so it... Oh, we got butane so in lighters. There are batteries out there that do have amazing properties that we absolutely love, but they're not safe enough to be used. Uh, so that's the problem. Finding something that has the performance that we want, that has the amp draw that we want, that has the cost that we want, that has, that has the safety factor that we want. And we can get a number of those all to, um, in separate spots, but it's very hard to get them all together. And that's, that's the big issue with that. Uh, and like every other technology, that technology will, will happen with someone else and we will leverage it once they perfect it and they make it cheap for the mainstream. Just like we're only, we are only flying being able to fly quadcopters because the smartphone industry made uh, gyros and accelerometers accurate and cheap enough and small enough that could be made en masse. We, we weren't part of that uh, the, and the mobile phone market was. So that's the, the one thing there. And as far as video technology is concerned, uh, there's a long way to go before we get anything even remotely better than what we had with um, uh, with the uh, um, what's the name? I, I've completely forgotten their name now. That shows how important they are to me. The, the digital connects guys, connects yeah. guys. Like they put a seriously large amount of work into that. And um, well, I think what a lot of people don't understand is when it comes to electronics, uh, what the inventors of various electronics are limited by is the microchips and the silicon to make those makes all those um, those microchips of what they have on hand. Uh, and it's been very interesting. I've been to a number of electronics fairs with uh, Anthony Cake from Immersion RC, and um, 
and he has um you're you're really putting me off <laughs> that's what he's that's what he's best at doing yeah so i'm just going to expand the chat <laughs> <laughs> um so i've been to a number of electronics fairs and he's like i'm trying to uh create i was waiting until of- tony notices that was all He'd say, I, I'm, I'm trying to create uh, this electronic device, but the problem is that this microprocessor um, is limited in X area to be able to do this. He goes, I can very easily get this company to make, to modify that microprocessor to suit our needs, but the problem is they have an MOQ, a minimum order, minimum order quantity of a million pieces. Uh, and he goes, there's not enough of a market there to to do that so we're limited to whatever like escs they're limited uh when when we make fets uh the most of the fets that we use are are, are the 30 volt or lower range because the 30 volt is what's used in things like um computers and so forth so mm-hmm. they're, they're widely available uh when you get outside and higher than that you start running into problems where the ch- choice of fits, um becomes a lot Lower. It's kind of like saying, I'm going to build a, an 8S rig. What motors are out there? There's not too many. These are the ones you've got to choose from. They work, but they're not very good. So uh, we're limited to what's already out there as to what we can design. Now, the Connex guys were very, inter- very different because the company that owns Connex is a very big company that is involved in digital transmission. That's, that's their forte. Uh, so they know what they're doing there, but they also have, they also own a, a microchip um, processing, designing and manufacturing plant so they can make their own microchips, just like DJI. DJI makes its own microchips and so forth, which means that they can do their own R&D work and do that a lot cheaper without having to have the minimum order quantity and that sort of stuff. It's still very expensive, but allows them to do things that other companies couldn't even dream of doing. Um, but the problem is that they put so much R&D into this thing uh, that, that's the reason why it's the price that it was that everyone was bitching about and they can't compete any lower because they've already got it as low as they can possibly do because they've got to, they've got to recoup uh, the, the money that they've put into this thing to make it viable. Um, and those guys who have the expertise that they have, the, they have and the ability to make all the microchips and electronics themselves, and that was still the smallest device that they can put it in. So if a massive company like that is struggling to do it, then we're – what I'm essentially saying is that kind of technology, just like battery technology, is going to be developed by someone else. And then yeah. we're going to leverage it once they get it working in a practical and cheap sense. I mean, the market's changing, though, because look at the brushless tools now, you know, brushless DeWalt tools and stuff like yeah. that with with FET. So everything's slowly, you know, it kind of makes you wonder whether we had a hand in that. Do you know what I mean? Well, no, it's 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 more the other way around. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And and the the FETs and those things are not that good quality. It was very interesting. I was talking to Felix about FET design lots of stuff and he said where we are going to get new age FETs in higher voltages for our higher voltage setups is probably going to be the e-bike market because that's becoming yeah. a very big all all of these sort of like one wheels and lots of the stuff that people are uh, transporting around electrically they all need fets and they're using a, a much higher voltage than the computer stuff so these guys are are selling enough of this stuff to warrant the minimum order quantities for them to become the next thing and Felix is saying that's where we're going to get our new the the new range of higher voltage fets um mm. 
but I think that's that's some that's a subject that probably people don't talk about because they don't know. And I didn't really know until recently myself when I started hanging out with these companies where I realized that okay, sure, we're designing electronics, but all those little tiny little chips and stuff that we that they put on the PCBs are all stuff that's being borrowed from someone else. Uh, and we can only use what's on hand. We can't uh, we can't modify it. And uh, that's why you see when you see a big company do something, they get a board that's got like 20 different chips and resistors and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, they make it happen with one just one microprocessor because it's all all inbuilt. Uh, and they have the ability to do that because it, that's the scale of mass production. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I I find this a lot. You know, uh, that there's a lot of people out there that that have questions like, why can't this be done? And, and no one answers them. Like, you know, like if we take fat sharks as like the, the recent example, what, why can't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but it, it turns out like everyone's like, why, why aren't fat sharks this, this and this? Why aren't they so much better? And, and it, it's usually because of that. It's everything's repurposed what we're yeah. doing. And uh, it's not as easy as it sounds to, to have the perfect product because we're, you know, there's there's not enough money in it for it to be developed within the hobby. It has to come from somewhere else. It's an interesting we, are, we are a niche industry and we need to grow a thousandfold before uh, anything of this becomes viable to to do massive improvements. It's just, it's the scale of manufacturing. We're not big enough. Uh, and mm. the simple fact of the matter is to produce new products is expensive and you're not selling enough of those products to make it worthwhile. And people, and my, my pet hate is to go, I just bought this flight controller and I know for a fact that there's only $5 worth of components on there, yet you're selling it for $40. And I'm going, that sounds exactly like the comment of someone who has no idea what is going on within designing that because it's a simple fact that anyone who knows anything about R&D development manufacturing is the cost price of something is probably the lowest part of the cost of it. It's that simple. And that's one of the reasons why um, the Chinese cloners and so forth can get away with cheap prices. It's not just because they use cheap components because they don't always use cheap components. If, if you priced how cheaply they could get those components, you'd find out they're, they're ripping you off as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, they're, they're, they're able to make this at a fraction of what they sell it for and then put a, they put, usually put a bigger uh, uh, profit margin than what the original guys do, um, but they can still get away with it because they don't have to pay for R&D. They don't have to um, pay their employees for R&D. They don't have to pay for the, the, the cost of um, sending stuff out. They don't have to uh, pay for the cost of customer service. They don't have to pay the cost of advertising uh, and being part of the community uh, and sponsoring pilots and things like that. Uh, and the, 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 when, when someone complains about the cost of it because how much it costs, it's, it's just laughable. And I know I've developed a lot of enemies by reacting that way, but I'm just sick of it uh, because when I, when I point that out, they go, well, I'm just not going to support you then. I go, well, you're buying cheap Chinese clone stuff anyway, so you weren't supporting me to begin with, so mm. why should I care? Yeah, well, I'm I, not going to watch your videos 
and give you a fraction of a cent. I think well, that, that's cool because my videos aren't monetized. I think something <laughs> that I think something that's happening though, Chad, on that subject is I think that the 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 cheap Chinese clone industry is actually uh, caving in on itself. Yes, just I be, think so too. Because be, because the 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 quality is so bad, people are buying into this stuff. It's it's failing and going wrong. And there's no support there. Whereas the if you buy into an original, you, they'll, if they'll... you buy into Fat Shark, you get great customer support. <laughs> and if your but... 6S copter falls out of the sky, you all you need is a Wolf PDB because that comes with a milliamp hour shunt resistor that will tell you. Finally, exactly... he talks some sense. Yeah, is that is, <laughs> is shield is shield the right word, Frank? Is that What's shill? Shill. That's I it. Wanted yeah. to, I wanted to. Ask, I wanted to yeah. ask about the the wolf uh, PDB. Um, does it make your nipples hard, Andy RC? It does because it's got an on-screen display built into it, hasn't it? I think. Oh, Chad, do you you like that, you? Oh. Sorry. Say, say that again. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the, the, okay, so I, I I've got a, an original Alien, right, and. Um, when when I built so it's it's got the Kiss V1 in it and I did the the old because because I like an on-screen display so I did the minim on-screen display mod that yeah. that you could do. They're not as good as a Wolf PDB. <laughs> <laughs> I don't measure milliamp hour usage. I had I had a, a minim OSD set up for my racing in Dubai with my Kiss gear and it was just. Headache after headache, it was a real pain. It is I, a headache, I ended yeah. up making a jumper so that when it went wrong, I could plug <laughs> something in to bypass it. Yeah, That's mine, mine just they were. Mine just turns off randomly as well. That's something mine does. But um, I wanted to ask because um, I wanted to know. I bought a. Uh, so, sorry to mention this one, but I bought a Mr. Steel PDB for it, which I haven't. Yeah, that's fine. Which I haven't fitted yet. And yeah. the minute I mentioned that I was going to fit it, everyone said, "Oh, it, it fails all the time and all this business." So the question I wanted to ask was, will will the Wolf PDB fit the Alien, or will it only fit the Reverb? Is my question. Um, I'll answer a few things on there. So, okay. um, so the the Wolf PDB was designed for the reverb as a slot straight into the reverb. But when we were designing the reverb PDB, whether it be the basic PDB or the Wolf PDB, the basic layout of the PDB was designed so that can we make this so that it will likely work in a lot of frames? You can't make it work in all frames, but can we make it work in a lot of frames? So there are very few frames that you can't make it work. Uh, but the aliens, one of them. Aliens. <laughs> there, there are people that have put it in an alien. It just takes a little bit of shuffling. So the, the difference with, say, the Wolf PDB and the alien is that the alien has got that extra set of four screws right in the middle where the, where the, the reverb doesn't. So what you have to do is you have to float it above those presses. Um, and um, you'd be best to get on like the Impulse RC thread or the the uh, go back on RC groups to uh, to the to the those forums there and ask those guys how they did it because there's a number of guys that have done various ways of, of of floating that above that. Once you do that, that's fine. And that would be the same. Like uh, there's guys that have put them in roosters. They've had to float them above there. Uh, guys that are in um, 
they've put them apparently the chameleons that just go straight in. Um, I think the stingy, maybe it goes straight in. Um, but it, yeah, you can fit it in most things. It's just a matter of how, of how, how, how much effort you want to put into it. So the impulse RC guys recommend that if you've got an alien, the steel PDB is the recommended one there because it goes straight in there. But if you want to put a wolf PDB, it will fit. Um, and one of the reasons why you'd want to put a wolf PDB in there is because it does a shitload more stuff. Uh, and just for, the record, just for the record, too, because I like being open, I don't make a cent on the Wolf boards. So uh, Alexander Wolf and uh, Impulse RC are the ones that make... I, I just wanted to get the steel PDB, which I thought was lacking in some areas, and bring it to what the customers want. And I sort of... I started off... And I gave this, uh, gave this idea to Sean and Alex, and they sort of rolled with it. And I've sort of been semi-involved in the process through it, but it's it's ninety nine percent their work. Um, but, but if you uh, do buy a wolf PDV, please ensure that you buy another, even if you don't need one, another reverb so that Jack oh, yeah. can eat another day. Yeah, I I I, I I'm hoping to uh, get really fancy and go out and eat pizza tonight. So um, if you guys <laughs> will support me, that would be great. Join his um, Patreon. But. Um, there, there are there are people that, and I don't have any experience on this because I've never installed a steel PDB in my Alien because just an OSD by itself I've never had the use for, uh, and one of the reasons why I wanted more from the Wolf PDB. Um, um, so I can't comment, but from my understanding, people's issues, some people have issues with the the steel PDB because it's part of the structure. When you hit mm. something with an arm, it bends the middle plate and it can sort of break things on the PCB. I think that's more happening with like your bigger six and seven inch arms where they've got more leverage and yeah. so forth. That's what um, I thought. Yeah. And one of my reasons was uh, one of my reasons for designing the reverb where it doesn't have the PDB as part of the structure was because of that, because I just saw issues with that long term. So I wanted that floating and I wanted that away. But I also wanted to do that because. I want. I wanted to give people the opportunity to choose. If you don't yeah. want a PDB, you, like don't buy the PDB. So that's why the base version of the reverb is a bit cheaper because it doesn't include any PDB. Because there's guys out there that are using all-in-one boards um, with their own PDB on on the flight controller. What do you want a PDB for? So the whole idea was to let's design an aircraft that will keep so many different. Because we know how picky all us bastards are. Like I'd buy that quad if it didn't have those ESCs on it. Um, <laughs> so if you can design a frame that allows people multiple choices right from the get-go, it keeps them happier. So that's the reason why the PDB reverb, the uh, on the PDB on the reverb is the way that it is. But at the same time, our design process was how can we design this so that it fits beautifully with the reverb, but also gives people the opportunity to use it in other frames knowing that this is their main choice and especially with all new features on the wolf pdb will be a very popular choice for any kiss user and quite a lot of um betaflight users as well yeah awesome right cool. guys i've got to call it time it is quarter past the hour can i just say sorry that we've talked about drones and drone stuff i'm sorry there is no lawn mowers and rain things and what you did know. you want to talk about tony very well you know our, our viewers have like 
this is too drone related. What's going on? <laughs> I, I think well, just disappointed well, Chad didn't take his top off like the last time. Maybe I don't know. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> you do. You guys do realize that we didn't even speak once about drone regulation, which I think was the whole reason for me coming on. Oh, oh, no, <laughs> Frank's very angry about that. Frank, Andrew. Frank, I want Frank to swear. It must be even more angry because since last week we had the new consultation thing come out as well, which is even more depressing. Well, don't worry. The the FAA is trying to squash any ability for people to fly hobbyist drones in um, uh, in America free of, uh, with freedom. Uh, in Australia, the Australian federal government has come out with their after meetings of their thoughts on what should happen in terms of drone safety, which is basically usual shit, drone registration and f- everyone off to a, um, to a, to an aircraft club and lots of stuff. So it's happening all around the world. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's much that we can do about it because we're, we're a bunch of nobodies. Exactly. Like, yeah. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to, we're going to educate people and, uh, and we're going to show them what we're like. We're a bunch of nobodies and we're a small community. Yeah. No one gives a about we haven't us. Got any money. Yeah, we're exactly. Not, we're not Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I would like to say I'd like to be hopeful that we're going to win, but I think we're going to lose. And um, I'm just at the point where I've spent so much time with my aviation governing body, CASA, and been f***ed over so many times that now I'm just like, you know what, f*** you. Uh, I, I'll just go underground. Yeah. Maybe that's, 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 probably, that's probably what's going to happen in the long run. That's that's exactly what's going to happen because un- until that they can actually prove that we're being dangerous, people are not going to take them seriously, and none of the statistics back up any claims that there is a safety concern at all. Why don't we all just print out an Amazon logo and stick it to our quads? And yes. then if anybody asked, they'll be like, "Yes, yeah, it's one of the test drones." They'll be like, oh, "Sorry, back off." Yeah, that is a good idea. Everyone do that. Oh, and just as an aside, in case anyone doesn't know and they, and they are interested in watching the two videos that I've got, my removing oneself from the equation and the chicken sandwich video that I had to pull down because I got in trouble with CASA, uh, I've made them public on my YouTube channel again. So if you guys mm-hmm. want to go and watch them, go ahead and watch them because my reply after the way that CASA dealed with another incident regarding a TV station which did similar dangerous things to me but even worse and they let them off going, oh, it's all right, we'll let them do this. My answer is, you know what? <laughs> You, I'm putting the yeah, shit back up. I like this new Chad. Um, chicken sandwich is probably the best FPV video I've ever ever watched. I absolutely <laughs> adore that video. Well, it's it's, it's back up there if you want to watch it. Uh, your dad sent it to me the other day. <laughs> um, where, when are we going to see another video from you? Because you've gone quiet. Are you are you still flying? Are you still going to put a video up, or is it just because you want to do it when you want to do it, or? Well, it's kind of like that. I still fly. Like, I don't fly 20 packs a day. I fly when I feel like it, which is every now and then. Um, uh, and, like, I'm one of those pilots. I've gone to so many different locations, and I got to a point where I'm like, oh, you want to go to a bando? Oh, yeah, another bando. Done all that sort of stuff. For me, it's it's not about going to new and extreme places. It's about producing something that moves me you know I'm, i like telling a story it's not about showing off so when i find a location that i'm like wow i want to tell a story i want to share something i'll go and do that um and that doesn't mean going down to the, the same park every single day and flying it just that if i'm not passionate about something then i then i'm then i'm not going to do it because i'm not making money on this no, um but, but i'm i'm, I'm, I'm just doing it videos. that's what yeah. i'm trying to think. 
So, yeah, I, I will make more videos. I just don't know when. I, I, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to get one next week. Um, uh, I, I get angry when I sit there and I try and, make, I try and push something. So I'm no. just like, no, I'm doing this for fun, and I appreciate all the support that people give me, and uh, new stuff will come out with new stuff. And that way, when I can say every single video that I've put out, flying video, I'm very proud of it, uh, and there's a story behind it, and I watch yeah. it, and it, it takes me back to that point in time, and um, I, I can recreate what was going on in my life at that point in time. It's not a, hey, look, I can fly really cool. Look at me, look at me, look at me. It's a, okay. I was going through something at that point in time in life, and there's little subtle overtones in that video that 99% of the people out there won't even get. Um, but those who know me understand the little uh, secret innuendos that were in there or um, just I want to share something that was real, I thought was really beautiful and um, if people like it, then they like it. So I guess I just need, I need to find more, more situations that move me out in, in general life. Okay. Right. Well, we miss it. Um, are we doing an Andy RC or Northern at all tonight? You can do if you want. I was going to say someone's complaining that it hasn't been done in the comments, which is kind of funny. I think we need to do it. Oh, Jesus. Hang on, let me just Google. I still don't get this segment. Oi, Andy RC, you're northern, aren't you? Apparently, <laughs> apparently so, but he's not. The best bit of the show. Uh, even though I'm, it's technically the Midlands, but okay. Shut up! You look, you're northern. <laughs> you work for Fat Shark, so shut your whole mouth. Ah, uh, okay. Oh no! Uh, you're just not prepared. I'm not prepared. What's well, that? Northern that? expressions. <laughs> Put words. Go on. Oh. What? I I can't I can't read that. <laughs> it's put words. In to O L E. What? Old. Like coal without Oh, the yeah, into old. Put wood yeah. into old. Put wood into old. Yeah, that's it. Get the t- yeah. Put wood into old. Yeah. You have a cup to tea. Put wood into what? Like a, a glory hole or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's for you to decide. That's for you to decide. Where is your mind, DRC? Dear, oh dear. That's my interpretation of put wood in toll. It means shut the door, Richard Warwick. Oh, yeah. Put in Oh, I've got one. I've just thought of one because they used to say this. Climb, shut that door. Climb the wooden hills. Did you know what? Up the wooden yeah. hills. Oh, that's going to bed. Say that. Go to bed. Get up that wooden hill, son. Oh, bed, that's, son. that's not a northern one, then. Do you say yeah. that to Joker? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to bed together. No, I think it says put one in toll, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, Andy. Do northern. Shut it. Right. Well, um... Let's have a little shout out quick and then we're going. Frank's bugged um, off. Frank's gone. Hey, I just want to do a quick shout out to I. I've been I, I met with some local lads, and it turns out they they listen and watch LDO. It was. Oh, hey. Did you apologise to them? It was, <laughs> it was So I'm gonna shout out to Pete and Rich. They both they uh, Rich listens to the show at work. So. Oh, hello, Pete and Rich. Hello, hope you you listening to this. Hope your day's going all right. <laughs> there you go. Right, shout out. Well, Alf Swishy, Dave, Win, Win Davis is in the chat. Joker Vision, who best friend? Um, Richard Warwick, MC Creations, uh, Bill M, 
Green Patch is in the chat. Peter Marshall, Tribe Ball FPV. Who else we got to go up here? Um, I can't see any new ones. Aris, um, Patches, Richard. I think I've gone Chad's in the chat. Mikey Dread, all of the normals. Hello to everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we love you all. Thank you, Patreons, mm. as well. Because Jack Jack doesn't say thank you anymore. I do. Thank you. Thank you, Patreons. In fact, we we had some, some new ones. Uh, one of them left, unfortunately. Um, what did you say, Jack? I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you for, you know, I, filling that hole that Tony's left behind. What Seven, eight, told? fifty. Seven eight fifty. Or seven eight fifty. Oh, you don't know the story of seven eight fifty? No. Okay. Do you remember um a lot of those big the the big live feeds that happened after you guys kind of started that where they'd start giving stuff away? Uh and um so you'd have to like guess a number between a, cert- a certain amount and a certain amount, and who whoever guessed the correct number. Mm. They'd be like between zero and a hundred. So um, every time they ask the question on some live feeds, I'd just reply with 7850. Yeah. <laughs> it became a thing. Like every live feed I was on, people would just answer everything with 7850. Oh. <laughs> uh, we've got a CC, used CC3D board. If Ooh. you'd like to win this. 7850. Oh, you win, Chad. <laughs> is it a genuine one? or is 7850, 7850. No, I think it's genuine. I don't know. It, it was from uh, first-person view. Yeah, it's got... Re- I think it's got... Is that Revo written on it, I think? Oh, that's what it was called, wasn't it, originally? CC3D Revo, wasn't it? No, Rev C, I think, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Sounds genuine, Jack. Doctor Control 3D. Uh, um, <laughs> remember, if you want your flight controllers to fly better, lick them. That's fake. The original is white. Okay, thank you, Mikey Dre. Uh, <laughs> going in the bin. <laughs> um, right. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Um, we. Uh, do you fancy a bit of um, gay farming? Curry kitten? No, I have edit hell to do. No worries. Times infinity. No worries. All right, no thing. I'm going to go eat. All right, thank you. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. NJ Tech is two subs away from 10K. Um, You've been joined by Andrew slash Frank. Bye. He's turned his camera off because he's taken his shirt off. Ladies, he's available. Just go to Andrew slash Frank dot com. Uh, Andy RC. Good evening, everyone. He's wearing a hoodie in this weather. You can tell he's northern. Uh, Final Guide Oz. Why, thank you, guys. Thank you so much, buddy. I'm glad you're you're doing well, and it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, My little Tony. Bonjour. He's vegan, but he's still eating himself. (laughs) And curry (laughs) kitten. That, that, that actually is vegan. You can't eat yourself or someone else. I'm just impressed you can reach. Human if I <laughs> Put in his own words in his own hole. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. <laughs>
Telemetry lost. 